Welcome to Blake Street Banter, where one of us knows what the word banter means. The other two are just long for the ride. Or three. We got three today. Kirk, say what's up. What's up? James, say hi. Hi. Coco, can you say hey, hey to the people? What's up, guys? <laughs> we are joined by Coco Montez, um, utility man in the Rockies organization. Um, just sitting down and talking ball with us tonight. How you doing? Doing good. You know, just... Uh... Enjoying the off season, getting ready to get back to work soon. How are you guys doing? Doing all right. Trying to figure out life. We were just talking about where we are in our professional lives a little bit right before you came on. Good. Do you have any advice for us? <laughs> have a plan and follow it. <laughs> the hard part of the plan. There we go. All right. Simple. Kirk. I love it. <laughs> Kirk, you're set up. <laughs> Yeah, that's a, it's an easier said than done, but you know, you gotta yeah. definitely, definitely said than done. Yeah. yeah. Um, have you been golfing? I see the ping hat. Was that, has that been heavy on your off season? Uh, it was in the past this off season. Haven't made much time for it, but uh, I'm letting my hair grow out right now. So it's kind of a mess. That's why I've been wearing hats more often. <laughs> Trying to hide it up. All right. Appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, I get that. I mean, James should probably be wearing a hat right now, too. Um, I just got a haircut. It was really long before. But speaking of offseason, what are you doing to get ready? Are you doing a lot of training? Where are you at? Uh, I'm back in my plans. Um, basically, just working out, hitting, throwing, mobility. You know, I have a set plan on what I wanted to attack this offseason to try and improve. And it's been going well. So we'll see. I'm excited to go put it on the field and see how it turns out. Have you heard anything about where you're going to be starting out at or anything like that? Nothing. Just show up to spring training, play some baseball, and uh, they'll make some decisions that by the end of the day, kind of just tell us. <laughs> yeah. Is that is that nerve-wracking every every time? Because what this is your second time doing it, right? Uh, this will be my third spring training. Third spring training. I don't know if you one did one COVID. Yeah. Okay. But uh, no, it's – you just I just got to look at uh, – control what I can control, go out there, play my game, have fun, do what I do best, make sure I get a little bit better every day and everything will fall into place. Yeah. Right. You do have fun with the game, like watching some of the yard goats games last year. It was always, you're always there. It just seemed like whatever big moment was happening, there's Coco smiling, there's Coco doing something. Um, a lot of hugs. You get a lot of hugs. Um, I, it was, I, I love baseball. I've been playing since I was three years old. It, what makes me happy, I have a great time. I want to win, and we didn't do much winning last year, but uh, I still had good times with, with all my fr all the teammates and enjoying the game. You know, those big moments, it gets intense. I'm a competitive guy, so I like to be out there screaming and all those things. Love, I love when personalities can show on the field. I think we've had that conversation a few times on here, but being able to show who you are and what you're all about on the field is it's an, it's a joy for fans to watch. Like I, I like seeing that from dudes just add yeah. that extra element to it. It's at the end of the day where we play baseball. Yes, but it's, it's an entertainment business. So you kind of like, if you're not showing your personality, like these people in the stands are just going to think we're robots out here, just swing the bat, mm. throw the ball they're going to appreciate when we show emotion and have fun and let the fans know 
what we like, what we don't like. So they could kind of make the personal connection. Yeah. So your, your love of the game, where did it all start for you? Uh, I've been playing baseball since as long as I can remember, I was three years old uh, playing T-ball. And I just remember as a little kid, always coming back after school and picking up these little seeds that would fall from the trees. And I live in Miami, so we have a bunch of coconut trees and little trees with seeds on them. I'd pick them up, put them in a bucket and hit them. I'd have my, my grandma sit out there and throw, throw them to me and hit them with a broomstick. And I've just always loved it. It's always been a, my favorite. I've played other sports. I played football growing up, basketball, soccer, volleyball, everything. But baseball was just always that one that caught my eye and I loved. Softball, uh, soft toss with grandma. We'll put that on my kid's uh, training list here soon. <laughs> yeah. If your kid loves baseball, he'll find a way to, to get some practice. Yeah. I think I'm behind on mine. Mine's about to turn four. He hasn't, he hasn't hit the tee enough. He still he he's, he loves going to the games. He loves watching the games. That's what's important. Any chance it was Grandma that gave you the nickname Coco? Is my uh, grandfather actually? Grandfather? When I was when I was a baby, I was born with a little bit of hair on my head, apparently, and they shaved it. And my grandfather would call me Coco Liso, which Spanish is a nickname basically for bald people. <laughs> <laughs> And I was named after my dad. I guess they needed a nickname for me anyway, and Coco just stuck. My whole <laughs> life. That's that's adorable. I love that. I, I don't <laughs> think anybody would have ever guessed that. No. <laughs> yeah, people always ask. So, I I was gonna put money on that. Like Coco Chris came down to your high school team and gave you like a like a pep pep pep, pep talk. Or no, like you're, when you're doing perfect game stuff, you showed up and you're like, ooh, Coco Chris? Yeah. <laughs> Not it, though. <laughs> your, your story. That was cool, too. Yeah, your, your, your story is way cooler. So growing up in Florida, playing high school ball, you were like really big into the perfect game stuff. I saw some of your old highlights from your sophomore, junior, senior year. Um, what was like playing ball down in Florida? Like you ended up getting drafted. Like at 18, 35th round, like growing up down in Florida, playing ball. Like, how was that? Uh, it was the best. It's just growing up, competitive baseball, ever since I was a three-year-old, I think we started playing like tournaments, travel baseball when I was like seven years old. It was like local tournaments, but there's just so much talent in Miami, South Florida within that like two, three-hour radius that there's so many teams, so many players and growing up to high school, seeing my, my teammates, like we play in the summer together, like our lineup is we're in high school. So it was pretty cool. It was like Vanderbilt commit, Florida commit, uh, Miami. I was like one of the smallest commits on my team. I was going to the university of South Florida. No one really kind of knew what that was, but, um, <laughs> I think it's definitely made me definitely a big part of the player I am today. Just having all that competition around me, uh, making me elevate my game always ever since I was a little kid. Yeah. So I guess what was high school baseball like? Cause we grew up in small town, like 5,000 people. We didn't even have a high school team. We had, we had Legion ball. That was it. Yeah. So like big time Florida, you, did you play high school ball? Did you play club ball? Like how does that whole scene work? So 
basically growing up, you play in the park ball, travel ball. And then when you get to like seventh, eighth grade, they have uh, the high schools have teams for the middle schoolers, basically kids that they know, like, all right, you're your zone to go to this school. You can go try out. If you're a baseball player, go try out for the team. Coach gets to see you, starts putting you into the program or whatever. And I was in eighth grade and my one of my teammates from when I was little was growing up his older brother had graduated from high school and he was coaching the eighth grade team. And he was like, Hey, come play with me. And it was the school that I wasn't zoned for, but they had a, like a, a business program where basically I can be from a different area and go. So whatever, I ended up loving it, go to the school. And then from there on, it was just competitive baseball playing in Miami, my senior year, our district, which is just like five teams in the area of the region, all Four of the teams had a – their starter was sitting 88-91, which in high school was pretty, pretty good. It wasn't obviously like the whole team was stacked, but each team at least had one really good pitcher like that. And there was uh, two of my te- – three of my teammates are actually still playing professional baseball. A lot of guys played D1. I think my senior, year, my senior class was like 16 of us. We had 13 guys go play college baseball. So it was – I was always around talent, basically, and that kind of helped me always be hungry, wanting to be the best. When did you find that drive to be the best? Because sometimes that puts kids that other side. I'm not here for that competition. I'm not ready for that. Like, when did it, like, hit you? Like, I am, I'm all about it. Uh, Probably, probably this high school, really. Well, always when I was looking, I always wanted to be good. I always wanted to be basically just a good player on the team. I wanted to be, I was a shortstop growing up and that's always kind of an important position. I always wanted to be the shortstop, one of the the better hitters in the lineup. So, but I guess in high school, college, you know, first year kind of lost the vision a little bit, but then we got retracked again. (laughs) Yeah. Your, your college numbers were fun to look at too, because you like your freshman year and then your junior year, like they were much much more elevated, let's say it that yeah. way. Lots, um, lots of downs. Say that again? Lots of up and ups and downs throughout, throughout my career. Yeah. But it's part of it. I mean, I mean, not these last two seasons. Um, might as well just ask about that. You had the same batting average last two seasons. Yeah, I know. That was actually kind of crazy. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> that was – it just happened. It just happened. Like, you had, like – 70 at bats less this past year and then but your slugging percentage went up um what was that part of your goal last year like let's bump up the power numbers a little bit or was that just coming natural as you get a feel for it just coming natural as I've been progressing like throughout two it was two years since I played uh that low a season basically or a full year in between where we really didn't do anything I kind of transformed my body got in better shape I lost, actually lost weight. I was playing probably like 10, 12 pounds lighter than I would have. And when I was in low A, lot, cut a lot of body fat and uh, just better, better swing, was working on my swing a lot. I knew my swing needed to work. I finally got it to a spot where I needed to be. And it just went well, pretty well this season, but there was still a lot of improvements that I needed to make. And I'm really focusing on those things. But that's the one good thing about that I've been, fortunate enough I've been able to stay healthy when I get to play 120 games 
I, we have so many numbers that I could look at at the end of the year that I could really reevaluate myself and make a solid plan on what needs to be worked. Like I, my strikeout rate went up. Okay. Why? Okay. I'm chasing this much pit, this pitches in this zone. I don't hit the ball as hard in this zone. So I should just probably eliminate that zone completely, not even think about it. Cause then it's going to lead to more chase and just things like that. So I guess just, like I said earlier, having a plan is what really <laughs> has helped not just going out there and hitting and fielding, just really focusing on what the numbers are there for a reason. They work. There's a reason the, the Rays win games on a minimal salary base. So just, just falling in love with numbers basically and using them to my advantage has helped me a lot. So you sound like a big, big guy on analytics. I wouldn't say big, but definitely like, when it comes to me, I'm not really, I'm not into all the numbers like war and things like that. Like I know they, what they mean. And I'm just more looking at like pitches thrown to me. I guess that is, you can say analytics. It's not really just going up there and thinking whatever. Oh, I didn't hit the ball. I wonder why. Like I should just go hit more baseballs in the cage. Like it's actually more that plan. Yeah. You're using numbers to make yourself better and develop that plan. Like that's, Basically, yeah. Really, yeah. yeah. We're like, war is like you're rating yourself off of a number. And that's like, how are you going to get better off your war number? You know? Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't, it's not going to take you anywhere. So, is that, if you don't mind sharing, like, is that one of the things, is that the main thing that you were look, looking at improving this offseason? Was that zone like eliminating uh, it? Basically, my swing rate was too high. I swing a lot of pitches out of the zone. So basically my thing was this year, I'm going to focus this whole off season on decision making. I felt like my swing's been in a good spot. So just working on not chasing. So in practice, I basically do a lot of where my BP coach is trying to strike me out. He's throwing like a game. We'll find a distance to where it's equivalent that the mouse powers he's throwing is equivalent to like a hundred or, or upper nineties at 60 feet. And we just, battle every day and do machines like that too like i'll take a swing off a machine and he like i turn around he moves it so i have to be ready to like actually uh, focus on the zone and only swing my zone that sounds really so yeah so going to your approach to to hitting in general what's your kind of approach when you get up to the play are you are you guessing pitches for lack of a better term or are you just reacting so I'm more just kind of last year, at least. So last year I was basically just trying to hit anything that was in the strike zone. Just, all right, if I if it's coming out of his hand and it looks like it's going to be in the strike zone, I was swinging. And then this year I'm kind of focusing on making that zone smaller. Like I'm going to give the pitcher the edges, the corners. I'm making, I'm hunting, I'm going to aim small so that I miss. Because all those times that I was trying to cover the whole zone, they're throwing good pitches at me that start low and away and they break off. I'm swinging at them. If I don't even attempt to swing at that one, that's like already low and away. It's a ball. I take it, whatever. And if it is in the corner, okay, fine. Do it three times. If you miss a little bit over, that's when, that's when I got to to take advantage, but I'm not going to go and swing at your stuff. And that was, it was hard. And I've tried it a little bit in, in the past, but I just mentally, I take a strike and then I'm like, Oh my God, I can't, I can't do that. But this year I'm, I'm really, it's a, it's an approach that most major leaguers use and 
I got to be able to adjust to it. But like, I'm just sitting here thinking about like how hard that would be. Like you're up there, you don't have a lot of reaction time yet here you are trying to change your reaction time and seeing it even quicker and faster. And that takes, that's going to take a lot of time and a lot of practice and a lot of patience. Like I just, I get, I would see myself maybe like two or three games, like if this ain't working. I gotta, I gotta go back to what I was doing. Now that's the thing you gotta have, you gotta have the plan. You gotta trust it and just get 1% better every day. You know, um, I'm not looking to be the best version of myself tomorrow. I know that it's going to just, I'm going to keep getting better and I got to trust it and just follow my plans basically. And eventually I'll get to, to where I want to be. Rome wasn't building the day. I like you, Coco. <laughs> I <liked it. laughs> um, so is, is that was, is that what your mentality was when you decided not to use batting gloves? No. So when I was a little kid, uh, I used to love uh, watching Vladimir Guerrero, Guerrero hit and he didn't use batting gloves. So I just never used them. And then I got, I just never did it. And then as I got to high school, didn't do it anymore again, got to college. And then I was kind of like just a mentality thing now. Like I haven't done it for so long. I'm not going to do it. Kind of feel like uh, I'm, t- I'm tougher. <laughs> <laughs> Put that in my head. Yeah. Wait, I mean, how much does it hurt when you hit get one wrong when it's cold out? Oh, it hurts a lot, <laughs> a lot. Yeah, I can just feel that. Can now, feel that. I guess you know, this was the first year where Double A, we were playing in cold games, and they actually have like warmers in the dugout, so that was nice. Usually, <laughs> in college and stuff like that, it was no warmers. <laughs> My biggest thing with with My batting God. gloves is is the grip part. Do you have any issues with it slipping out of your hands or anything like that? Uh, I used the clay to dry my hands. Okay. I just grabbed some clay. In the off-season, you know, like indoors, when I don't have clay and stuff, I'll put batting gloves on just because if not, I'll throw the bat. And it's just no point in me throwing the bat in the cage. <laughs> but in the game, like or whenever I'm outside the field, I never use batting gloves. As long as they're scrubbed. A little funny story is I, I set up a little batting tee in my living room here and I was taking hacks and I wasn't using gloves and now there's a hole in my wall because of that. So <laughs> yeah, now, <laughs> I'm using no, I, gloves from now on. <laughs> I, I remember uh, me and Willie MacGyver. I know you guys had him on, I think, right? Yeah. Willie Mac. Yeah. He's uh we were hitting in spring training one year. I think it was before our low A season. And he would always be like, damn, Coco, I want to use no batting gloves like you. And he he took his batting gloves on and first swing in the cage, he just threw the bat on top. <laughs> batting goes back on. <laughs> That's hilarious. You still give him shit about that, right? Yeah. That was my roommate on the, the road this year. Oh, that's fun. That's cool. Willie Mack's a good time. He's a good guy. Yeah. I like that. Um, so – Going back to a little bit of your story, you were drafted twice, once in the 35th round and the eight, what was the 18th? Yeah, 15th yeah. in 2018 by the Rocks. Uh, what was your experience, the two difference? What was the differences in those two experiences? In high school, I knew before the draft that, that I was going to college. I had a couple of scouts like reach out to me. They basically told me the deal and I was like, I'm, I'm going to college. I know 
I'm not a big prospect. I had it in my head already that if I wasn't going in very early, I wasn't going to sign. And I knew after my season that I wasn't going to be going very early, but they just called my name, I guess. And they actually gave me a call when I did get to college. They're like, Oh, we had a couple guys that, that didn't sign the deadlines tomorrow. Like what blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I'm, I'm in college already. Like, don't even worry about it. But, uh, in college, it was a little different because I was actually hoping as my junior year, I was like, all right, I got to, I got to get drafted. And it was, it wasn't that stressful of a day. A couple calls with my agent and the Rocks picked me up in the 15th round and been going with them ever since. Yeah, here you are. That had to felt pretty cool, like saying no leave me alone like as a freshman in college like, <laughs> i'm good dude <laughs> no, kind of like a thing like i knew what they were going to offer and i knew i had already made a decision of the amount of money that i would sign for no matter what if not, i'm going to college yeah and i knew it just wasn't going to be anything near it. and I, I was very i was very realistic with the position that i was in yeah i had a plan stuck to it yeah I was hoping like we get some kind of scandal. Like, no, I wasn't gonna play for the Nationals. I wasn't gonna <laughs> go into that organization or anything. No, <laughs> not that. Um, so, college, South Florida, AAC ball. What was that like? Uh, it was awesome. I loved it. I loved it. Fresh freshman year was tough. It was a wake up call. I kind of had to learn how to to be on my own and make the right decisions and like that but after that you know we we had a new coach I went into to University of South Florida they had just hired a new coach we were his first recruiting class and our he basically when we got we got there he was like all right you guys are gonna play and we sucked but we got the experience so then the next two years we were pretty good we won mm-hmm. 140 games in my sophomore year we have a, a lot of guys that we had Shane McClanahan on that team he's a starting pitcher for the Rays, Phoenix Sanders, AAA for the Rays. I expect him to – he was their closer all year, real good numbers. Hopefully he makes his big league debut. David Villar, which was in AA, playing against me with the Giants, hit 18 home runs this year. So we had some talent at South Florida, and it was awesome. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Had a great time. Yeah, Villar was your uh, up-the-middle mate, wasn't he? He played uh, third. Oh, okay. He was next to you. My freshman year, second my sophomore year, and then short my my junior. Okay. Yeah. What was what was it being? What was it like being around Shane McClanahan? Like, because he does both pretty well. It was kind of a a shock. What like Shane McClanahan? Yeah. It was a shock when so my first few years we we play games in the fall, and we had our uh, my sophomore year one in the first round, so it was we had scouts ball games and then my junior year first game of the fall Shane's pitching we get to the field and there's like 40 scouts in the stands we're like well we didn't we didn't expect that and then we knew Shane was was like had a lot of hype around him he was throwing hard and stuff but it was it was crazy it was awesome because he brought all those eyes and they were able to see me David all the other guys that got picked up that year Andrew Perez our closer so it was nice, and he threw hard. When he was on, it was – he was – he didn't give up a run for the first, like, six my, – my junior year. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. 
Did you ever take him deep in like practice? No. 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 <laughs> Took me out a bunch of times and then I walked a couple times. <laughs> I think it was like first first inner squad of the spring my junior year. His first I was a lead off the, the scrimmage and he was pitching and he struck me out with like a ninety nine mile an hour fastball. Like first scrimmage of the, the spring <laughs> <laughs> you're not supposed to be piping 99 this early shame <laughs> yeah that's that's ridiculous some of the talent I'm, I'm sure you saw so much talent just i mean like you said just growing up around it just a whole nother level of like you're good like you're you're up there and then like there's mcclanahan like just kind of a next tier up yeah it's insane I've seen it my whole life. So many players that I've grown up playing against, playing with that are excelling in the big leagues. Like I played at times with Jonathan India when we were in high school. Played me and him, got to play up the middle get together. Mm-hmm. He's here. Yeah. He, he had a cool little moment in Cincinnati last week doing something cool. Um, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. He's, Jonathan's a awesome guy. Yeah. That's cool. Did you have any, like, cool pickoff plays at shortstop growing up? I remember playing back in Legion ball. We had this one when there was a leadoff guy at second. The shortstop would cut in front of the runner, and he'd try to lead off, and then they'd backpick him with the second baseman coming in. Did you have mm-hmm. anything, like, cool like that, like, D1-type stuff? Uh, when, when we were – when I was in Little League, me and my second baseman would tell kids it was, like, a foul ball. One one deal and, <laughs> and throw, <laughs> and then well, that's a that's a little bit different. But... <laughs> it's little league. That's awesome. <laughs> I actually did it in call. I would do it in all of our in, like scrimmages in the fall and stuff in college. And as soon as the kid was about to fall for it, I'll be like, I'm just playing, man. Just stay on the base. And I, <laughs> it became a habit, and I did it in a game, and the kid actually was about to run back and the umpire threatened to kick me out of the game if I did it again. <laughs> <laughs> Time to stop talking, Coco. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's hilarious. Just, they got to pay attention. They're supposed to peek in when they're stealing. Right. <laughs> right. Or the uh, hidden ball trick when the they all fake like the ball got behind the first baseman. And everybody's pointing, and then the guy runs the second, but the ball's sitting at second base waiting for him. I've seen that one. Yeah. We – I think we actually ran a play like that, but it never really worked. <laughs> no. It, actually, it got used on us. It was usually a, a fake to the – throw to second base, like a guy taking the lead, and the middle infielders would dive. Center fielder would run to, to the side. Mm. But I don't think – yeah <laughs> just see if if you're back with Hartford just ask Denorthia if he wants to run that again and see how that how he responds um, <laughs> um so you got drafted and then you went straight to the Pioneer League in Grand Junction and you just dominated Pioneer League MVP all-star organization all-star your numbers that those few months were incredible um what was that transition from college to pro ball like? What was just being hot? I was, yeah, that's basically what it was. I was, uh, I ended off my college season 
hot. I was on like a 20, 20 game hit streak. I think I had, and then it ended on the last, my last college game because the game that it ended. Then I got drafted, and I think after like two games, I started another. I don't, I don't even know how many it was. Again, it was like eighteen or something like that. So it was just basically, I was just hot, and I kept it going throughout that whole year. I, I struggled actually at the end of that year, like August, September. I wasn't as good as I was in the beginning, but uh, it was hitters parks all around that league. Ball flies out there, Grand Junction and in, in Utah, Montana. So. I got good pitches to hit and had a good lineup around me. So it was easy, I guess. For me, it happens. Pitchers just make good pitches, and I was locked in. But uh, towards the end of the year, they, they got to me. I was, I, was, I was struggling in August. I remember that. <laughs> I mean, that, you, that was probably the longest you played straight, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. that's just a long season. February oh, yeah. and August, probably. Yeah, and we went to the championship that year. We yeah. lost in the. It was it was fun. That was that was awesome. That was the only team I've made the playoffs with so far. Yeah, that, that was fun. Did the altitude ever affect you? Like, did you feel that difference going from sea level to up there? Yeah, when I first got there, like, first week, every day, I, I was fine always throughout the day, and then as soon as I would get because we practiced. As soon as I would get home back to the, my host family, I'd have a headache the rest of the night. It sucked for like four days, and then I got over it. So, did you, how did you like prepare for that? Did you like have any like special routines, like anything different, or did you just like fight through it because you're young and can? I just fought through it. I was fine when I woke up in the day. And I was playing, I was fine. It was just after when I got home, for some reason, like the dehydration, I guess, and the altitude would, would kick in. Yeah. Yeah. Just curious, because we hear about the Coors hangover, the Coors effect all the time. And just Yeah. I've heard about that, the traveling in and out, altitude, yeah. a lot harder for recovery and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I was hoping for something. Anyway, um, so like, I just want to ask you, like, how how cool is it to get new bats? Like, I see these videos of like getting bats like sent to them. It's all engraved and cool stuff, and I just feel like having a bat would be pretty badass. It's cool. I like it. I love it. I love when I get bats and I get to open them up. It's just so like a. It's become kind of a common thing now where I kind of forget how cool it is but every time I do see the box like when I know I ordered bats and they're supposed to be coming in and when I see the box I definitely get real excited always still like I'm a little kid (laughs) (laughs) that's fun is there like any like special routine tradition you do like when you first get it like putting the tape on or you give it a good smell sniff one by one so I'll keep them in the wrappers and then I'll probably take, I take two out usually and put the, I use lizard skin. So I put the lizard skins on and then just wait till they break. And then I bring out another one. <laughs> that would be fun. I think that that'd probably be the coolest thing. Is it, is it that or um, an actual fielding glove? For me, it's the fielding glove just because we get, I get one a year and the bats I get kind of, 
multiple wood they break the field the glove i got i got to use every day yeah and do you do you keep all your gloves i have all my pro ball gloves and i think two of my gloves from college but that's i don't i don't remember having and i think maybe one of my high school gloves is is somewhere around the house but definitely all my pro ball gloves i have yeah I asked the question today, um, when was the last time you broke in a glove? And for me, it, it was when I was, it's probably been 15 years since I actually broke in a glove. Dude, yeah, it's been, it's been a hot <laughs> minute. I'm actually like kind of giddy about doing that with my son for the first time, that whole, the whole working it in type thing. It's, it's on my dad bucket list for sure. So I get a glove when I get to spring training and I basically just break it in throughout the until it's ready. My first year, I actually broke my glove in, so it was ready for opening day. I broke it in for a month and a half in spring training. Last year, for some reason, I didn't break it in as good, and it wasn't ready opening day. It took me a couple, like another extra month really? for me to get. But usually, like a month or two, yeah. breaking every year. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's just fun inside baseball stuff. Something I've always wanted to ask. Um, so we're coming up on time. We always like to finish up our conversations with the fun questions. Uh, usually college websites have get to know you player questions and all that. South Florida did not have that for you. Um, nope. So what is like your go-to meal on, let's say a game day. Give me a game day and an off day, maybe an off season go-to meal. Game day. So basically, they 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 make us the meals at the field, and I don't really have an option in the minors. It's kind of just like spread for the whole team. But uh, so out of the options that we had last year, I really enjoyed when Ari, our clubby, would make a he would make these uh sausages with like a with a pasta. That was that was definitely my favorite. So I was hyped on those days. <laughs> and then in the off season, I want a pretty like strict diet. So uh, from Monday through Friday, Saturday, I kind of Saturday, Sunday, I still try to eat clean, but let loose a little bit. So I would say my favorite like meal after the week's over, like to uh, give myself a reward is a, a pokey bowl. I love pokey. That's one thing that I will always probably pick up if there's one, there wasn't any in Hartford, but. When I was in Asheville, they had pokey, and I would always pick it up on the way to the field. <laughs> I've never had pokey. It's good. It's because you're you're landlocked, Aaron. We have pokey shops, so just <laughs> it's not on the list. I don't know. You like? Yeah. Um, what is what is your um, walk walk up song? What would your walk-up song be? I don't know if they'd do that for you or not. Yeah, it's a, it's a Spanish song, Sensualidad by uh, Bad Bunny and J Balvin. Okay. I had it in college my last year, and I played well. I used it in rookie ball again, played well. And then I didn't use it in low A, so this year I just brought it back again. But I, I kind of change it up. I want to usually use a different one every year. I don't know what I'm going to do this year. I've been – sticking with Spanish because 
whenever I put like rap music or something, I don't hit as well. And I'm kind of superstitious. <laughs> I was catching on to those superstitions. Uh, what is your craziest one? Like the most obscure, not everyone knows one. Uh, I go to the bathroom to take a piss basically before every at bat. Before every at bat? <laughs> I hydrate a lot during the game, so it's usually easy, but yeah, before every at bat. So five at bats, I got to go before each one. <laughs> the only time I don't do it is if I'm up first and I still do it. I think actually in Hartford because the bathroom was right there and I'll just rush in. I knew I was like, all right, I'm up first this inning. I got, I got to go in quick. Hopefully no one's in the bathroom, but uh, it's just like a habit now. I don't know. Dude, did, did your teammates catch on to that? And they're like, dude, why are you uh, going to the bathroom all the time? Yeah, they all know. They all know. <laughs> so I never noticed with my college coach because he would, uh, he would use the bathroom a lot. And he said, every time he was going to use the bathroom, I was the one that was always in there when he was waiting. <laughs> <laughs> have any has anybody like ever been in there just to like, get you just like no i'm using a cocoa i'm sorry no 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 it's not so, like that always well, in hartford this had the one that was right next to the, the, the uh the dugout and then if that one was used i'll just walk into the locker used to the stalls there you would so find never, a way yeah yeah okay and when when did that start happening when did, when did it become a superstition? I would say in college, probably. It's, I don't know. In college, I just did it a lot. And I think it became a superstition probably my junior year of college is when it happened. Yeah, definitely. It was tough my first year in pro ball in, in Grand Junction. Uh, most of those leagues don't have – most of those stadiums don't have bathrooms in the dugout. So I would have to like go into the concourse and I'm peeing like with the fans in between it. <laughs> That's hilarious. It wasn't like just one of the stadiums. It was like almost all of them were like that. <laughs> just, um, yeah. Seems seems stressful, man. <laughs> did was, you uh, did you just like happen to go to the bathroom one time and then you hit a home run? You're like, all right, I just got to keep doing this. I don't know what it was, but it's, I don't remember how it started, but I just know I've, I've done it for a while and I don't rely on it. Like in spring training, I don't do it. Cause we don't have bat. It's like, yeah. have you been to spring training? The backfield? No. So yeah. The backfields is just like uh, metal fences and like metal dugouts. And there's like a bathroom in the middle of like the four fields. So I don't really rely on it. I don't do it in spring training. But, like, even some of my coaches will notice, like, as I'm walking out in spring training, they'll be like, look, I told you. They'll be, like, <laughs> so, talking to another coach, like, look, he goes to the bathroom, like, every inning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was not expecting that. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that, that was the, that's the craziest one for me, at least. My yeah. craziest addition. Yeah. Yeah, I think that takes the, that takes the cake. Um, final question. What is your favorite, like, personal baseball moment? The best moment for you, on, like, on a personal level? Personal level. I would say probably, uh, probably just getting drafted. 
It's yeah. just something that I worked for my my whole life and getting the opportunity. That was that probably be definitely be it. MVP for the Pioneer League is close second. Yeah, but uh drafted. But game wise, I'll never like my favorite baseball moment always was playing at East Carolina, my junior year in college. They were like number six in the country. We went in there and beat them. And they were they were so pissed. <laughs> so pissed. Their fans were coming on Twitter. Those about a couple of like bench clearing incidents and stuff. It was just fun weekend of baseball. It was like one of my favorite weekends of baseball ever. I always remember that weekend. <laughs> yeah, taking down the top dog is always fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That's fun. Coco, thank you. Uh, I think we learned a lot about you and just about what we need to do or what we could do. The making a plan thing is definitely something that's guided you to where you are now. And I think you are executing it pretty, pretty well so far. And we're just excited to see where you go, what comes from this, and go kick ass to spring training, man. Awesome. Uh, thank you guys for having me on, and I'm glad I could uh, help you. Hopefully you guys set a plan and it goes well, and yeah. we'll hopefully be doing this again in the future. Yeah, we'll reach out. If, if, you're, if you're down, we'll reach out in the middle of the season and see how you're doing, catch up a little. Sounds good. See you guys. All right. Awesome, man. Thank you. Thanks, Coco.